Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today, we're revisiting a very sensitive area with Bush Bomb CEO and founder David Gaylord, who's making his return to the D2C Podcast and also making his way to Las Vegas to join us for C-Suite March 23rd, 24th. He's going to be joining the 100 other D2C founders and executives who are going to be mixing up in the desert with us for two days of mayhem and uh, value creation. Now, Bush Bomb makes a wide array of intimate care products from oils, scrubs, trimmers, and more. But in this podcast, you'll hear how the Vajayshal, a product long offered by their wholesale clients, has taken the top of funnel crown from the bomb. We'll also dive deep on David's retail planogram and learn why small fry retailers were a great way to build retail in Canada. But focusing on big thousand plus door partners is the play in the US. We'll go deep on Bush Bomb's aggressive diversification into wholesale and what it means for their D2C growth. Hope you enjoy it. On with the show. Most people aren't thinking this way, but we actually are considering lowering the price on two of our products. Right now, if we take one from $22 to $19, the actual conversion difference uh, made up for it. Our goal is if we can actually like stay approachable, stay affordable, and then just sell more volume, we think that's like the longer term better play for like big retailers versus passing on kind of those price increases to the customer. Because we, we frankly have seen COGS stay relatively the same over the last few years. And we've just improved volume, which has helped with like discounting as well. So everything's kind of stayed the same. And if we can essentially get more sales at like a, a more approachable price, that's better for us. Is 2023 the year you launch the merch store for your brand? If you're looking for a new revenue line and a way to increase brand loyalty and LTV, you might want to consider it, especially when there's players out there like Printful that make it easy to build your brand's line of merch without any of the operational headaches of inventory management or stock forecasting. Printful's product options run the gamut from socks to hoodies to home decor and everything super high quality with printing options that will look amazing with your brand's design on it. If you've got merch on the mind in 2023, think Printful and go to printful.com slash enterprise to start creating today. David, how you doing? Yeah, good. Excited to be here. Second time on the show. It's been too long. We got we to gotta have you on a more more regular check-in. Well, I was just looking and it was like in our very first year, I think you came on, it was like pretty soon into when we'd been here. We talked about you guys growing like a thousand percent in your first couple years. Catch us up on, on how Bushbomb has kind of developed since then. Yeah, I remember when we chatted actually, it was when our office was like kind of started, but we didn't really have many staff. So it was really just me in like a big room that was probably echoey. Um, whereas now, yeah, we built out the team. So we're, we're about 16 people now. Um, so when we chatted a couple of years ago, I think we we're maybe six. Um, so we've, we've really grown. And then, yeah, the business model has changed a lot. Like we were D2C um, to, to start and we've kind of expanded. Uh, wholesale is a big channel for us. And then kind of major retail is, is coming soon. So I, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into a lot of that stuff. Very cool. So when we talked last time, you were what would you say your mix was between those three channels? Was it like all D2C? Yeah, we were probably like 97, 98% D2C. Um, and then now we would be closer to say 60% D2C. Um, and then the rest would be that wholesale, probably Amazon. You, you'd bucket in, I guess. I, I would call it D2C, but eh, whatever, don't argue. But 60% uh, Shopify site. And then the rest would be between Amazon, wholesale, and then now, now big retail. Let's talk big retail a little bit. What, what are your, how have you gone about cracking big retail? 
Yeah, big retail is kind of a tricky one. So we took a different approach. Um, so we're from Canada, so we're out of Ottawa. So our, our stance early on was we're going to use Canada to like learn and understand like what goes into big retail. Just because like if we screw up Canada, it, no offense to Canada, it's like not as big of a deal versus screwing up like the US. So in Canada, we accepted anyone who talked to us. So we launched with Indigo uh, in, their, in their stores, which is a pretty big retailer, but say it's 50 stores or 47 stores or whatever. And not generally known for cosmetics either, right? Isn't it more of a book or houseware store? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Barnes and Noble, except like kind of cool now. Um, so they actually, I give a lot of respect to Indigo. They have a really cool sexual wellness section. Cool. Um, so we're, we're actually on the shelf right below uh, like Dame has vibrators in, in Indigo, which yep. is really progressive and cool. Um, so we, we use Canada to understand big retail and like EDI, how it works, like how do you get the products to move. And What's then EDI? US, Explain for any listeners who don't know what EDI is. We, we love new acronyms. Yeah, I don't actually even know what the EDI acronym is, to be honest. Electron, electronic Data Interface or something. Um, but it's really how, how your information goes from uh, your order through um, Indigo or a major retailer into your uh, system. So then you can fulfill back into their system. Um, so it's it's actually... Interchange. Yeah, interchange. Electronic Data Interchange. There we go, That's yeah. So it's quite complicated and like your supply chain folks have to really understand how to set it up, build it, do it. You got to have the right say tools like ERPs behind you. Um, so we use a pretty like lightweight one, but um, so yeah, we use Indigo for that. And then um, our stance in the US was not to say yes to everyone. Like we were talking with like Nordstrom's, Macy's, like all these retailers and we just said no for the US. And the plan was like, let's target either these three retailers. So in the US it was like, we can be exclusive. We can like use that to negotiate. And that worked out. So like the, the big retailer we're launching with at the end of March, it'll be 990 stores, which is a, a huge, like it's just drastic, the POs and the sizes versus Indigo is an incredible retailer, but it's 47 stores. So the, the difference there is, uh, yeah, quite a, a volume difference. I was surprised actually when you mentioned Barnes and Nobles and Macy's as like smaller stores. Are they, have they sort of lost a lot of their footprint in the last couple of years? Um, or are they just not that big? I guess for, for us on the beauty side, if you just like think about like volume and where like the density of customer is on like the products you're selling. So for instance, like how many stores exist is like a huge thing, right? So if you think about like Target, there are like thousands of stores. In Canada, like an incredible retailer, Shoppers Drug Mart, has like 1,600 stores, right? Like that's a lot of door volume. And then the other metric is like, how much intent is in is in that type of store so for instance like even if indigo was say a thousand stores and the new retailer that we're launching with which is more beauty oriented the intent is much higher in the beauty one so then the volume is going to be much higher whereas yeah like you're going to a bookstore you're probably looking for books you might just stumble upon our products um so yeah it changed a lot do you fit in sexual wellness in any other stores or is, it, is that just sort of a, an indigo thing? Um, the funny part about Bushbomb now is people look at us as like a cross between a bunch of categories. So like the first one is shaving and hair removal, which like makes total sense. That's kind of where we fit mostly. The other one is like general body care. And then the, the newest one that people see Bushbomb in is sexual wellness. The only good news about us in sexual wellness is when we advertise on Facebook, TikTok, they don't categorize us as sexual wellness. So we have like more leeway. Um, but yeah, we're, we're like really about like, smell good down there, like soft skin down there. 
Uh, it's all about skincare, but it is about being confident, like in the bedroom, which we use that as a hook in uh, all kinds of ads. You mentioned density and that it had me thinking I went to the My First Million event in Vancouver and they actually, they were like talking how much they love Canada, but then they were like just laying it out factually about how we're like a way bigger place with the population of like one of their states. And I've always known that obviously, but it like dawned on me the density that we're talking about in Canada versus the United States. Like, is that something that goes into as well? Do these, do the stores in these major retailers in the U.S. have more density than the retailers in the U.S.? Or sorry, in Canada? Yeah, potentially. Like if you just a good example of how to think about it is I think Sephora in Canada probably has less than 50 stores, maybe, maybe more, but like less than a hundred. Whereas like Sephora in the U S like, I don't know how many total, but something probably like a thousand or 1500 or whatever. So just, just like the volume there is just drastic. And then the other side of it that we're trying to realize is like all big stores are simply in uh, major city centers. So can you actually expand your footprint into other stores in like smaller cities and towns? Um, that's a piece we're trying to figure out, like what does density look like on your like stockist map? Whereas yeah, most density in products sold is just like major cities. That's kind of where, where it fits. So this major retailer that you're launching at the end of March, what's the hardest thing about, like what's been the most challenging aspect of kind of preparing for this launch? So the negotiations and like figuring out, um, say pricing model, that was pretty quick and understandable. And then the next piece was actually like convincing them that you're the right product. So that, that part, uh, we probably went through like four or five different decks that we were making to, to convince them and did, they basically would send you to a different team to get like, you got to convince this team because blah, blah, they run this program and all this stuff. So you, you learn quickly that it's all about like, figuring out how to excite people. So that, that was really, really hard at the start to convince them. And then once you get the yes, it's like, hey, here's when you're gonna launch, here's all the steps. And big retailers are really like organized with like, you're launching this date, here's all the stuff you need, the PO comes here, it's this week, like all those things are dialed. The hard part now is like the business model flips, right? So D to C, we're getting paid in three days from Shopify. We have our waxing salon business get paid in three days, but with uh, our retail, we're going to be say net 60 terms. And we probably bought the inventory like 90 days ago as well. So like the, the cash to do it is drastic. And then just another example is we actually bought signage for the stores that we're going to be in. So 990 stores, um, the signage itself, each one is about a hundred bucks. So that's like almost a hundred grand of signs that we have to buy. And that's just like you, you pay for it upfront now and then you launch. So it's the cash flow side of it's been, been tough. And what kind of signage? Like, is that, is that something permanent? Is it cardboard? Like, what, like what, what kind of signage do you get in a situation like this? Yeah, uh, I think like a good example, if you look at Walmart as like a place, you'll typically see like in the shelving where it's like band-aids and stuff, they just have the strip. It just says the price, the name. So in most retailers, that's like a typical option. And then if you look at like the upgraded versions, so like Manscaped is a good example in Target. If you look at their shelves, they have like, it's probably like a metal base with like a really branded front with words and the products fit. So for us, it's like, yeah, we will have a really nice branded front. We actually show before and after pictures on it and have like the brand name. So it'll really make it like pop and explain what the product does. Just cause yeah, we, that's like a hundred thousand dollar investment, but Everything we've heard from other folks in the industry is you have to have really good shelf space 
that like tells your story quickly. Otherwise, it's really hard to convince a buyer because there's like so much that they could potentially choose from. And you're in a, a newer category that people maybe aren't immediately thinking about in a, in a lot of ways. So it requires a bit of education. Yeah, exactly. And then for us, we're also in a category, if you look at shaving and hair removal, um, especially on the female side, it's been, a, I'd say, an underserved and a category that hasn't really evolved. So just walk into any store and look, you'll see a lot of outdated branding, older looking products, products that have existed for 10, 15, 20 years. So us bringing in that really nice branded uh, touch actually adds this like new element of excitement to the category. And the retailer that we're working with, the, the shaving category, hair removal, it, it seems like they're super excited to bring in new products that actually innovate in the space because it's, it's a category that they've kind of just like set aside for, for many, many years. And then once you get in in this major retailer, the other targets that you have in their sphere, will, will they take notice? Like, is it going to be easier to get the next big retailer after you've had the first? Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the approach. And actually, we launched with Indigo in Canada, and we used that as our bridge into the next retailer that was bigger, which worked out really well. And then it's funny, actually, Shoppers Drug Mart in Canada is one that like we would love to get into. We think they're an excellent retailer. Um, so now with this other launch, it, it's driving interest with them too. So it seems like a stepping stone, but you obviously can't go to all of them at the same time. Um, whereas you, you tend to go for a big retailer, say a Sephora, Alta, um, even like Blue Mercury in the US for, for beauty. And then you use that to grow and get awareness. And then maybe you're ready to launch with Target. And then maybe after Target, you're ready to launch with Walmart. But like, those are huge, huge volumes. You got to be the right price point. Um, so figuring that out kind of is the, the toughest part, I'd say. And not rushing it, probably. Shoppers, if you're listening, Shoppers Drug Mart, I, we got to have someone on Shoppers Drug Mart listening. You never know who's listening. Got to get Bush Bomb in your stores. They, I know they have sexual like, wellness as well. I, I was surprised when I actually saw vibrators at Shoppers Drug Mart one time. I'm like, oh, they're yeah. pretty progressive. Well. Canada is so progressive. Shoppers is a really cool uh, store. And like they've got really high-end beauty. And then they've also got like beauty that's like, I don't know, like CeraVe. And then they've got all the in-between as well. Same with actually Ulta in the U.S. is the same. They've got like really high end and then all the way down to your kind of everyday essentials, which is, uh, yeah, it's like a cool model. And where does Bushbomb fit in that spectrum? Yeah, so we see ourselves, um, if you think about shaving and hair removal, we, we see ourselves disrupting. Typically, there's this very low end product and most of them have alcohol based ingredients. So you smell it. I've got a few on my desk here. They, they smell like alcohol. It's like a hospital. It's really strong and it dries out your skin, dries out razor burn, like that's the approach. Whereas what we're doing is, hey, we're gonna bring you just a better uh, plant-derived product that does the same type of result. And it's going to be a little bit more, but you're gonna look at the packaging and understand like why and like see the ingredients, it'll, it'll feel more. Um, but we really don't wanna be in what's called the prestige category because we see that as like unapproachable. People really can't afford it. It's, it's really for a specific audience. Um, so in beauty, there's the mass category, which would be your like CeraVe, um, your like Vaseline. And then there's this new category in the middle that's like Mastige. So in the US, our price point is between 23 and $26, which seems to fit really strongly. And most people like see it as approachable and can afford it. Um, and some people will upgrade from the product that's say 16 or $18 and move to that $23 product. But if we were priced at like 65 in the, in the prestige category, it would be really hard 
to convince a buyer um, in the in the shaving and hair removal category. I was wondering, have you done? I, this is the first time I've asked anyone this because I just I saw someone's post or some someone TikTok today about the price of chips and these the price of these chips are just too damn high right now. Prices are going up everywhere. Have you guys raised your prices or have you thought about raising your prices amidst all this inflation? Um, we actually haven't raised prices um, at all for the last year. And actually, we we ran an A/B test on one of our products and we lowered the price to see like the difference in conversion and all of that. And it actually like won significantly. So um, most people aren't thinking this way, but we actually are considering lowering the price on two of our products. Um, and these would be our like everyday essentials um, that like right now, if we take one from $22 to 19, the actual conversion difference uh, made up for it. Um, so yeah, we're, our goal is if we can actually like stay approachable, stay affordable, and then just sell more volume, we think that's like the longer term better play for like big retailers versus passing on um, kind of those price increases to the customer. Because we, we frankly have seen COGS stay relatively the same over the last few years. And we've, we've just improved volume, which has helped with like discounting as well. So everything's kind of stayed the same. And if we can essentially get more sales at like a, a more approachable price, that's, that's better for us. You're also, I think I was looking back on our, our last touch points and the other thing you wrote for us was in December of 2021, you just, you contributed to our double down, which was, you know, we asked all people on the podcast, what you're doing in 2022 that you did really well in 2021. And you mentioned upsells specifically. Can you talk a little bit about what you did with upsells in 2022? Yeah, we launched uh, a new site in 2022, which was actually a really big deal for us. So it had this new cart that was all custom and we added a lot of features where depending on the product in cart, we could send you like specific upsells. So that's actually increased our like AOV significantly. That's like one of our better metrics where the graph has just like ever since 2016, just gone up to the right, like very consistently. Um, and then we launched uh, free gifts, which aren't really an upsell, but if you hit a certain threshold, it'll bring up your, your AOV. And those have been like wildly successful for us. Um, so that that's worked well. And then the other piece too in our card is we've launched a lot of like bundles. So if you're buying a single item, it'll help you bundle into a new one. Um, and those have just, yeah, like the more bundles you can sell, just the higher your AOV is going to be naturally. It's, it's worked out super well. And you were saying that now your top products are actually bundles. Yeah, which is funny to look at like every week we get a new uh, report that says like, here's the top products for our Canadian site, our US site and our wholesale. And every week, yeah, the top three three products for us are always uh, bundles. And yeah, that's ironic that you started sort of as a hero product brand in a way, right? As, as a sort of single product brand expanded from there. And now it's just like the whole... Have you ever done subscribe and save? Um, we had it on the site for a bit. Um, it's funny, we, we launched our new site and literally like the way we launched it and the technology and like how it worked, the conversion on it just like significantly dropped. And our old site was like uglier. It didn't really like look better but it performed on subscriptions way better. Um, so we're actually redoing like the dev work to, to relaunch subscriptions. I think we're gonna do it at the end of March. Um, so yeah, we're just in that process because we have like a perfect product for subscriptions. We just never really, uh, we never have, we don't have a retention marketer on staff. So we're actually looking to hire one, but yeah, we just never really launched it um, appropriately. And then the new site we launched uh, and the, the funny part is like dev, like small technical things are actually like massive for subscriptions. And one reason we turned it off was if you upsold in our cart that was custom, 
and you had a subscription product, it would upsell you to a non-subscription item. So then all of a sudden you'd lose like the, so it just messed everything up and we kind of learned our lesson. So yeah, this time we're like scoping it out um, and having someone like build it with us versus uh, we just kind of threw it on last time and just expected the best. And uh, that yeah, just that doesn't work. You got to put it everywhere, like in your emails. Set it, and, forget it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's so funny. We talk about it all the time. I wanted to ask, I'm just on your site now and I'm like, I, I see that you're embracing like body, po like body positivity is like a huge trend that's, you know, and there's some controversy with it and there's this, but it seems to be, it seems to be very beneficial for a brand like yours. Is it, is it a trend that you guys are really noticing? Yeah. Like we, we balance like a, uh, for us, it's really just like show all body types because like people can relate. Um, and like, for, for instance, there's some brands out there that are like pro body hair or pro this or pro that. And we're, we're like, I think we had a saying back in the day that was like, if you're bushy or bare, like we don't care, like just whatever, like our products are good kind of for everyone. So yeah, our marketing strategy is um, we do want to push forward. Like people, we want people to appreciate sexual wellness is one thing. We want people to be more open to body positivity. And we also want them to see themselves in the Bush Bomb brand. So if people can like really see themselves using the product or someone who looks like them, for us, that's like a win. Um, and that means yeah, we've got all kinds of body positivity things, but then we also have like lots of photos that are super aspirational and it's just like all mixed in and uh, we don't focus on, like if you go back to Gillette Venus, 10 years ago, it was like the goddess song or whatever. And that that's just doesn't seem like the, the strategy nowadays. And only giga chads, only giga chads yeah. with their jaw lines being shaved. Exactly, yeah. It takes all kinds. Um, I, I, what I wanted to, I wanted to call out, so we shoppers drug mart, if you're listening and a retention marketer, if you're, if you're out there and you're a retention marketer, you should also contact David. So just send out the positivity into the universe. Let's see what we get. Yeah. We're going to post that role actually, I think tomorrow. So we're, uh, we're pretty pumped. Yeah. It's probably our most, um, needed position right now, just cause like we've never launched a loyalty program. We've like barely even tried subscriptions. There's just so much we can do. And, um, yeah, anyways, just kind of a, a probably a mistake in not doing it earlier. Um, just because, yeah, the potential is just huge. Anything on affiliate? Have you done anything in the affiliate game? Um, we, do, we do a little bit. Like we have share a sale, it's called, which connects up with all the press um, articles. And I, I didn't even know that was a thing back in the day, but yeah, it's done quite well. Like now we get quite a bit of press and they use the share a sale and link up. But yeah, we've done nothing really with like influencers and affiliates or anything like that. Just uh, getting into things like Refinery29 and other, other publications. And then when it comes to D2C, the, like what's still the, the, the lion's share of, of the business, what, what has been, what have been the biggest growth levers on the D2C side since we last spoke? Has it just been kind of more of the same Google, Meta, all that? Yeah, we've, we've added new products as well, um, which has been huge for D2C. Um, so we have, uh, we launched the Vajayshil product, which is a hydrogel mask that in 10 minutes, it'll help with razor burn. So it's like extremely fast, extremely buzzworthy and also no one else has really done it. So we, when we launched that, it actually like fundamentally changed our ad account. So we have now ads that run towards the facial. We have ads that run towards our trimmer. We have ads that run towards our razor burn products. And then we have ads that run towards our brightening products. So now that we basically, we can expand the ad account to hit more people. So the audience is just like larger and those facial ads are so different that like the click through rate is almost double on average. Like it, it is kind of shocking how high the click rate is on that, that product. Same with the trimmer actually. The trimmer's cool too. Who came up with Vajayshil? Who came up with the concept for the Vajayshil mask? 
Um, it's just like a well-known, so, so we, we haven't talked about it, but we were, we work with almost 2000 waxing salons. Um, yeah. so we, over the years, like you get to know them, right. And you're really close with them, sell them like our back bar products our oils, everything. And we saw, they started to add vajayshal as a, as a service on their, on their menu. And then if you look at Google trends and the word vajayshal or vajayshal near me, it actually like skyrockets the last two years. Um, so we thought, you know what, it's time that we launched this product because there, there's obviously a need. Um, and we, we do get like a decent amount of backlash for it, I would say. But yeah, the, the Vijay Shul is a, it's an interesting product and um, it works like really well for tamping down like redness, irritation. And anyone who gets a wax like knows how painful it can be like immediately after. So yeah, that's why we launched it. Super practical, just has a really unique buzzy name and also like shocking photography, I'd say. Yeah, and the, just the graphics on it, everything. It just, it is really attention grabbing, I gotta say. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's worked well. So we're uh, like, we're trying to get it into more retailers, um, but it's really a primary product for for waxing salons. Like they they love it. Very cool. I'm really excited. We got reacquainted here because I was I was trying to convince you to come down to Las Vegas, and it sounds like you're going to be coming to C-suite Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I haven't really done a like a D2C specific conference with other like founders, so yeah, pumped to meet uh, a few more folks. And actually, I have like I think I'm going to be in Vegas three times this year. Kind of crazy for all three different conferences. Well, you'll have to bring a little product. I'll have to. I was a big fan of the Bush Bomb. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe you can bring some product down to Vegas if you can get it across the border without any trouble. Yeah, I'll bring some vajayshals for everyone. Everyone gets vajayshals at C-Suite. You heard it here first. David, thanks for coming on the DTC podcast today. Let's stay in touch. I really want to, I want to hear how this, uh, this retail launch goes and hear about how it cascades into the next one for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep you posted right on. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.